Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Building Better Businesses podcast, where we talk mindset, marketing, and business building strategies. I'm your host, Shakina Johnson, and this is the podcast for those wanting to start their entrepreneurial journey and create a business and lifestyle they love. To learn more about this episode, please visit jsrvision.com. And today I have a special guest, um, Andy Shinling, a former minor league pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles and founder of the Complete Player Charity. So what's up, Andy? How are you today? What's up, Shakina? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I really appreciate you having me on and hope that uh, somebody out there can be inspired and, and uh, learn from my journey to go out there and, and chase their dreams. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to have you here. You have such an interesting journey that I think um, a lot of people would be interested in. Um, if you're ready to get to it, let's jump in it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> All right, awesome. So um, how did you start this journey? I mean, it's been a very different path, I believe, that you thought it was in the beginning, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the journey just started as a kid that loved to play sports. Um, you know, I excelled at all the sports that I played in. Um, and baseball was just the one that, I guess, gravitated to me more. And that provided a lot of opportunities and a journey within itself um, from just being a youth player to a professional baseball player. Um, you know, baseball took me to, to a private school um that provided me with you know better education at the time better baseball opportunities and then um that led me to getting a scholarship to george mason and also getting drafted out of high school and i'm being young and 17 years old getting drafted you know and seeing a dream come true you know at that point i knew school was definitely out of the question and going professional route was the answer for me so um that just led into, I guess, another journey through professional baseball. Um, you know, as a teenager in the professional world, it definitely was a shock, eye-opener, and um, a, I'll, I'll say a tough way to learn how to grow up, for sure. And, um, you know, but the experiences that I had through baseball, um, all the ups and the downs, the trials, the mistakes made, and all that, it really taking me on the journey that I am now um, and led me to back into youth baseball coaching, uh, led me into my spiritual life after being introduced uh, to a parent of one of my former players who was involved with the church and brought me to the church. And then um, since then, it's definitely been a phenomenal journey, seeing what the Lord's done with me and, and changing me and directing me to now taking all that he put me through in my life to impact the youth through after-school programming. Um, so to say that the journey definitely um, was an interesting one and one that I never thought that I would end up being on is, is an understatement because it's been, I, I'd never even thought of, I, I would be where I'm at today and have, having taken the journey that I've taken. So definitely one that was definitely, was not thought about, predicted, or even a blimp on my map when I was growing up. The best kind the best kind of journeys usually start like that, right? We we set our paths um on one one way, right? Like we have a set path that we want to choose and then you find out later that's it just doesn't happen that way, <laughs> right? Yes, whether you know it's a smooth transition or it's not. It's certainly <laughs> I don't you know, I think the more that I meet people and and 
adults that I've come in contact with over the years and um, surrounded myself with, nobody ever stays on that journey they thought they were set out to be on. Um, and if they do, they um, they find ways to to start new journeys or find new journeys as they continue on. So there's always a lot of change going on and and growing and adapting to do. And most times than, than not, you're definitely not going to finish on the journey that you first started on. Definitely agree. Emphasis on the not part, right? It's not always smooth. It's always a bunch of hills and mountains and different, you know, dangerous paths sometimes, but it gets you there. It does. It's almost like business. Right. <laughs> so, a lot of similarities there. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that transition, right? So you were, but you were able to pull through that, through that and just kind of bring your passion, what you love um, about sports and everything into what you're currently doing, right? Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you're, what you're doing now? Yeah. Um, so now we're really focused on, and I'm passionately driven to guide youth um, on their journey, just, you know, staying with that concept, but making sure that they take control of it. Uh, you know, my life, definitely uh, looking back on it, was one that I never felt like I was in control of. Uh, more of a, I'm just going where, where, the, where the wind takes me athletically. Uh, outside of sports, you know, I was certainly lost. Um, I wouldn't even know what my journey was outside of sports, to be honest with you. So what I'm doing now is really geared towards that, helping kids develop a sense of self-agency, taking control of their life to really put themselves in a position to reach their full potential. Uh, another thing that I don't think I did, you know, which is crazy to say, I made it as a professional athlete, but I don't think I reached my full potential as one. And um, so that's the, the driving force behind what I'm doing now and even to get where I'm at you know we, we've made a lot of changes you know initially created my nonprofit to raise money for kids to play baseball so they could hopefully get the same opportunities that I had growing up that baseball provided me um, and along that way it was how can we make a, a stronger deeper impact in the community outside of sports so uh, through with a friend of mine who was a math resource teacher over uh, in, the, in Prince George's County, I coached her son. You know, with her help and guidance, we started using baseball to promote math from the third grade to the eighth grade level to really give kids an idea of how math relates to the real world, you know, why it's important, but ultimately to give them a, a fun experience. Because, you know, one thing that I've learned is that our brains really use imagery and pictures and, and experiences um that and, and mold us so i wanted to give kids an experience that maybe could help them on a math quiz or math test where they can have that picture imagery in their mind you know solving a problem while going through a baseball activity and that worked out really well um it's just a hard thing to market to the schools um just for many reasons but we were able to utilize the connections we had and and did a great job of, of reaching the 500 or so kids that we reached. Um, and that just kind of pushed me further and further into, you know, getting involved in the lives of kids at the middle school level, knowing that I was one of them. And that was a little wild, you know, definitely 
rambunctious, not making the, the smartest decisions. Um, but also at the same time, you know, I was a kid that, that had gotten bullied. Um, that was a shy kid, you know, very shy when I wasn't around my friends. Um, so how can I help those kids uh, that aren't athletic, that aren't out there playing sports that I could relate to? And that really pushed us to the after school programming, which is what we're doing and focus now. And that program's called TCP Youth Empowerment. And it's again, it's really it's geared toward developing that sense of self-agency where we use business um, and leadership as our avenues to to mold the youth, to guide them, um, teaching them business fundamentals, where they ultimately present a business presentation um, that explains some marketing aspects, some accounting aspects, you know, how they collected their data and, and interpreted it to come up with the conclusions they came up with. Um, and they're presenting this in front of a panel of business professionals. And over the last two and a, two years, we've done seven programs. You know, each each presentation you know, roughly has between 30 and 50 people. So it's a pretty wild experience for a sixth to eighth grader. You know, we had a, a, a little girl in there at 11 years old, I probably should call her little, but she was 11. You know, at 11 years old, you tell me to stay in front of somebody, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so it's definitely uh, an awesome experience, and we love doing it. But it's again, it's it's driving them or our driving forces. This whole sense of self agency and getting kids to start taking control of their future. Now that sounds like an awesome program, and there's it's much needed, uh, especially now where a lot of these programs have been cut, um, and it may not ever come back. You know. Um, mm in the city of Philadelphia, a lot of those programs are already cut anyway. So finding after-school programs or something that gives the kids something else to do that teaches them those skills that they need um, is, was already difficult, right? So yeah. let's circle back to that though. And I, I, w I really want to talk about, because your struggle was, and I, I say struggle, but your transition from, you know, being a professional player to a business owner um is is a large gap you know it's uh <laughs> you learn a lot about yourself when you're trying to run a business and you know transition from your former self to whatnot um and i think a lot of people go through that just in career transitioning right um from yeah. one to another and something totally different than what you're doing now so um now you've talked about before about your like you have some socially emotional like characteristics or issues that you had to go through. Um, can you yeah. that, expand on that a, just a little bit more and see where we can take Yeah, that? so, um, man, growing up, you know, I, um, things that gone, went on in the household, you know, as I mentioned, being bullied and just, you know, life, um, I found my, I mean, looking back, I, I found that, you know, one of my biggest struggles and issues was my, my social awareness and, and really my self-awareness. Um, and that, that's definitely played a big part in, in one, I feel that I, me not reaching my potential as a baseball player, but also in trying to run a business, um, you know, just being... One th again, as I mentioned, I wasn't comfortable around people I didn't know. So, you know, even in the baseball world, you know, when you're new to the clubhouse, 
I was shy. I just didn't really look to meet new people. Um, and being in the business world, everything revolves around relationships. You know, it, I mean, you can have the best product in the world, the best service in the world. Uh, but if you don't have relationships, it's going to be very hard to take that to the next level. Now, obviously, if it's really, really good, you can get there, but you'd be able to make it a lot further by developing the right relationships. And you know, so the struggle for me was just that trying to get out of that uh, that bubble I lived in uh, where, you know, how do you ask people for money when you run a nonprofit if, you, if you're scared to talk to them, you know? So right. it was, it was definitely a big, big, big transition for me. And I, it, but ultimately, you know, when you push yourself out of your comfort zone, the only thing you can do is grow. And it, it was definitely a hurdle I had to overcome. Um, but one that has opened many doors. So just that, that social awareness for me of, you know, how to, continue a conversation with somebody um, and really put the focus on them. And, and because me, I don't necessarily like small talk. I'm one of those individuals that I'm about business, I'm about deep relationships um, and meaning. So to carry on a small talk conversation is very hard for me. Um, so when, but when I didn't know that, you know, it was very, I didn't understand how to continue a small talk conversation. Uh, so that social awareness I struggled with. Um, and then again, like, as I mentioned, the self-awareness, just understanding um, more about who I was and what caused me to be that way or what led me to be in that way. And understanding, you know, what I was really good at. Um, when it comes to business, you know, I'm really good at being creative with designing curriculum for our programs, being creative in, in how to overcome obstacles or, or situations that may impede, impede us. So my creativity in that regard, I didn't really thought I had. So it's something that I realized as I've been going along, but just that self-awareness and social awareness were skills I never really fully developed growing up that have definitely come into play now as I've taken this transition away from my comfort zone, which was sport into the business world. So how did you, because, you know, social, being social, I say awkward, but, you know, you, like you said, awareness, self-awareness and like social awareness, right? Um, it's a struggle for a lot of people. So how did you actually overcome that? What activities did you do? Or was it just kind of as you went along? Oh, um, I guess I forced myself into a position by starting a nonprofit and, and the passion that I live by to put myself in positions where I had to overcome it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I will also attribute a lot of it to educating myself. Um, you know, our program. Uh, now has a big focus on the social emotional development of adolescents and you know as I've been educating myself in that arena I've become very aware of of my own struggles as an adolescent and and young adult has opened my eyes to even know that I didn't have the self-awareness or the social awareness um, or that aspect of those competencies that didn't develop 
um, as I would like to think they should have. Um, so it's been through just me forcing, I guess, myself into situations, um, driven by the passion that I have for trying to develop kids along with just educate myself in that arena. Okay, cool. It's very similar to the journey of like, you know, entrepreneurship and just business ownership in general, because you learn a lot about yourself when you start a business. It's, and I don't think people realize how um, it, it corresponds, it correlates, right? How it parallels to one another. If you are a solo business owner or trying to be a solo business owner um, and you are not really aware of yourself and your likes and dislikes and what you're, you know, you're best at, um, it does take a toll on like your mental side and your physical side because you you go through a lot of those struggles that you didn't have to go through before. Now you're dealing with mindset issues, right? Mm-hmm. You you just go through so much, and and that's why the journey is almost always very hard when you're first starting out. But you know, being able to force yourself, you know, some people don't have that. So I think. <laughs> You know, when your paycheck and your livelihood revolves on you stepping out of your comfort zone, it definitely puts you in motion quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially if there's a financial situation, at least for me, that's one of my biggest motivators. Like, okay, mortgages due, rents due, we, we kind of need to get this done, right? You got to force yourself to do these things because you have to. And then you realize at the end that you're more resilient than you thought, right? It's, it's not as... Uh, you know, painstaking as it, it may have seemed. Um, but that's definitely one way to get there, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely one tough way to get there. But uh, as you mentioned, I think um, even if it wasn't business, it, I think it's driven by the passion. And when you're, mm-hmm. when you're passionate about something, um, you usually don't let things stop you. And I think the passion is really what's forced me into it. Um, and I think it can do for a lot of people, you know, if you're really passionate about something, you're going to, you know, find ways to get it done and you're going to look back and be like, man, I really grew from that. Or I didn't think I had that in me. Yeah. So the passion is the big driving force. Yeah, definitely agree. So um, talking about your continuing on your, on your struggle here for creating and starting your business, you've, um, you've mentioned uh, like drifting like a dead fish, right? And not yep. fulfillment and, you know, taking on that journey and that, and that path there. So what do you mean by that? What do I mean about floating like a dead fish? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and like, yeah, so it's your business or? Yeah, so the quote that I read was, even a dead fish can float downstream and get somewhere. Um, and initially I kind of laughed, but thinking about it, um, I took that personally, um, as I mentioned, you know, the social, um, I guess you can call awkwardness or identity crisis or role confusion, um, just not really knowing who I was, I just floated through life. Um, so when I read that quote, I'm like, man, you know, when I look back on my career as a professional athlete. I literally just floated through, you know, I never took the time to set goals, set meaningful goals. Um, I almost approached it with the same mentality. Well, I shouldn't say almost, I guess I did take, um, approach it with the same mentality as a high school kid that 
plays baseball. You know, you show up, you play baseball, you go home, you do whatever on your free time, you show up, you play baseball. I didn't, and I didn't, um, and I floated, you know, okay, my talent took me to this level to get to this high school. It took me to get this scholarship. It took me to get this, getting drafted, took me to this level. Now I'm at this level where along the way, I never sat down to, to reflect, to evaluate, uh, to set goals and, and create a vision around now I'm actually living my dream to create a vision that I wanted to chase. Um, so when I heard that quote and, and related to the, the business aspect of my life, um, that's one way of it uh, because as a professional athlete, you are a business, which is a whole nother topic. But now I use that as a way to make sure that I don't fail in business. Um, you know, it's, it's, and even as an employee, if, if you're an employee, it's easy to just float. You get your job, you get comfortable, you're happy with the lifestyle you're living, you know, you're not really chasing after everything, and you're basically floating. You're taking whatever this job offers, whatever life offers you, and you're not going after anything. Um, and as a business owner, you know, starting this nonprofit, that is, that's a big thing for me is I can't allow myself to just float. Um, you know, if I float, if I'm not thinking about the next step for how we're going to impact these kids or how we're going to bring in this revenue, then at the end of the day, I'm not able to go out there and impact lives. So the, the quote, again, hit me on the personal aspect of, man, this is really who I was and why I didn't make it to where I thought I should make it or believe that I could make it. Um, and now how do I use this same quote to make a real impact? And, and again, I think that tied, the quote ties in with, with the driving force of taking control of your life. You know, if you're a dead fish, you, you have no control. You know, you're, you're dead. You're just going to go wherever the stream takes you to go. You know, eventually you're going to end up somewhere, but more than likely it's probably not going to be where you wanted to end up. And I know um, there's many, 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 many people out there that, or older than me that look back saying, man, had I done this, had I did that, or how did I end up here? Um, and so I want to make sure that I'm, I'm ending up in a place in my business and these kids that we're reaching end up in a place where they choose to be, not where they just were led astray to be. No, I like that. Um, and it's, it's interesting because you mentioned earlier about getting comfortable like in a place whether it was work or just in life and not really having any ambition to go anywhere and i specifically remember a point in my life where i kind of felt like that i was doing well but i didn't have any ambition to do anything else like i had stopped like it's just yeah. nothing else and i had to in you know when i I had to force myself to reflect on my decisions and where I wanted to be. So that force we were talking about earlier, I did the same thing. I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this because I'm just sitting here. I need to do something with my life other than just, you know, go with the flow of things. Because I mm. feel like just kind of floating on, just floating along, going along with the flow. And sometimes that's a good thing, but I felt like it just it was stuck, you know. So I, I can kind of understand that whole floating like a dead fish thing not finding your fulfillment and, you know, your drive that keeps you moving and something where you can set goals and higher than yourself to accomplish. 
Um, and I think that's, that's very important because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there who feel the same way, right? Just sitting in an unfulfilled life or job. And I know quite a few people who just, I hate my job. Those people, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I hate my job. We'll find a new job. Well, I don't know what I want. Okay. okay. Yeah, you hate your job. Well, you put yourself there, you know? Right. So do you really hate it? <laughs> like you're complaining about it. Or maybe you just want to complain about it. Right. But and, and well, and, and on that same same idea is, I mean, think about our kids mm -hmm. right now. Think about people who lost their job. They are forced now to float. You know, working with kids right now is. I mean, this summer we have baseball. I, I'm looking at kids who are passionate. They love being at the field, focused on what they're trying to do. You know, a year ago, now that they've not, they had minimal baseball for the last eight months, it, you can see the dramatic change. You know, they show up to the field like, uh, well, let's just go through the motions today because who knows, you know, we may not even be playing next weekend, you know, mm -hmm. colleges or – then they may not even be playing. And you can see the dramatic change in attitudes that's been forced upon them. And and it's almost like we're our society's being pushed to be dead fish, taking what comes our way when it comes, as opposed to still having those opportunities to take charge. So now it's an even greater time for us to use this. To, to teach the kids how to take charge because there's still a way. We just got to find it and, and and guide them into taking charge of it, not taking the easy way that's out there for them right now, which is to just sit back and float and wait. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Let's switch gears for a little bit and talk about um, the day-to-day -day aspects of running your business. Um, mm -hmm. Had um, I, I say journey, and I keep saying that word, but it's an adventure. Let's call it an adventure. You had an adventure. <laughs> adventure, there you go. Of, um, like, getting your business up and running, right? And realizing there's a lot more than just, I, I don't even know, like, just sitting around, just chilling, or thinking that it's just going to happen by itself without any effort. And you've had to deal with people. You've had to deal with partnerships, marketing, branding, all those things that a business owner has to to do and i'm sure you have a story in there or two about <laughs> some of those things struggles and whatnot so uh that's yeah um well let's see i didn't really know much about marketing so when i tried to market what i'm doing and, and gave it to some people that kind of knew what they were doing um that was a uh, a wake up call, you know. Uh, just realizing how plain my marketing skills were when it came to putting things on paper, and um, so that was a big struggle. Is just being creative and how to make something look appealing. You know, when you're trying to you create a new program and you're ready to take it to, you know, uh, a business potential business partner, what they're going to get involved with. You know, you got to make it pop, and I didn't do that. And, I, and unfortunately, I, I took those unpopping materials, I guess, non-popping materials, 
and use them for about two and a half, three weeks. And, um, you know, after I realized how bad they were, <laughs> you know, it, it really opened my eyes to how important it is to make sure that you got everything in place before you really go out there and, and I don't want to stay before because I'm the type of person that is all about just go do it and learn from it. Um, but you want to make sure you have your th everything lined up in a fashion that as soon as you present your business to somebody, it's exactly what it, you want them to, to leave with. Um, from the visual aspects on paper to, you know, the clothes you wear. Um, that was another thing I had to get used to coming into this business world and starting a business is going from athletic gear to jeans and some nice <laughs> shoes and a collared shirt. Yeah. Um, you know, I never, I the only dress shoes I ever had were a pair that I wore to a wedding or a funeral mm. and that was it. So I had to go out and change the whole wardrobe, but not to get too off topic here. Um, you know, so the one challenge that was, was marketing for sure um but that's so that also helps with business partnerships right because you're showing this material around trying to get people on board and they're probably possibly looking at your material like mm, i don't know <laughs> exactly you know i think the only thing that really helped me was we were face to face and and they can see my passion and hear it in my voice so um yeah the, you definitely it, will, it could affect business partnerships um and you know another hurdle for any business owner and it was was for me even more was just that relationship building as i mentioned earlier you know going out and, and talking to people um that's huge for business and that's a, everybody's got to get over get over the hurdle of not only just talking but no you know when you go when you're out asking people for money uh it's a hard sell um because ultimately there's nothing tangible that these people are getting back in return uh, you know, you have a service, you got a product. There's something they can see, feel uh, that they're getting in return. Where um, that I guess that they would also see them either help to help their bottom line. Where when you go and asking for money, you know they get that feel good. But you know, how do you entice that? And you know, how do you take them through that that sales tunnel, quote unquote, um, to get them to that point to 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 donate, to get involved. Um, so that was a big hurdle for me. Is it was just learning how to uh, present it in a way that will will pull the heartstrings and emotions of people, but also trying to find out in the conversation what are the heartstrings and is this person even going to enjoy what we're doing based on what their interests are. Um, and as a business owner, I guess you know that you got to know your market. Um, and understand who you're talking to and, and what their likes and interests are. So as a, you know, nonprofit fundraiser, you really got to dig deep and um, really have good listening skills and uh, something I had to get really, really better at um, in order to bring in those business partners. Mm -hmm. um, those, so I would think those would be my two biggest hurdles right there were was the marketing and getting over the 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 fear of communication and, and building those relationships. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you're, you, you must have had, you had to have done a lot of research before you met with, you know, a potential partner. 
right? Um, and just like you said, getting to know your art, your audience, your market to see what their not only their demographics is way deeper than demographics, but um, you know all those things that appeal to them, so they can actually join you on that that journey that you're trying to to create. And like you said, there isn't a tangible response to that. <laughs> it's yeah. something that you have to convince them of to be a part of. And your passion must have shown through, right? And enough for them to say, you know what, I'm on board. I believe what this guy is, you know, trying to accomplish and I'm here. Um, that's, that's a hard sell because you, you have to sell yourself. And from coming from where you were, I mean, but you, but you were a, a, form, a, a player, a baseball player. And so the dynamic of that versus a business, like you said, a player is a business, their own business, but a lot of them don't think like that. <laughs> no they don't no they do not um that's why a lot of players go broke but like you said different conversation for a different day <laughs> yep but um, sure is but then you have to transition into being a, the ceo of your own company you have to think like a ceo you have to you know act like a ceo you have to be the the visionary of your dream and you have to be able to follow through with that so um yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard struggle, especially if, uh, you know, that social awareness uh, and self-awareness is, is still a bit lacking. Um, that had to have been hard. Like, it had, it had to have been pretty difficult. Um, I mean, but at some point you get used to talking to people and you kind of know what to say and, and know where to pick up the conversation. And you develop, like you said, great listening skills in just doing all of that. Right. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, you're spot on. Um no, knowing how to continue the conversation when you realize that they're not interested mm -hmm. is something you got to learn. Uh, but understanding that, okay, they're saying they're, what they're saying is on track with them being interested. How do you take it to the next level? Um, and that was just a big hurdle for me was making that ask. You know, I'm the type of person, I don't even ask my parents. I hated asking my parents for money. Yeah. Um, and now I got to ask people for money to, to do what I love to do. So that social awareness in the conversations of, all right, this person is interested, this person is not. How do I take this to the next step of the conversation? Um, is, was, is that, it's still a challenge. Um, you, have to, you still have to deal with the, the uh, rejection, if there is a rejection, right? And yeah. people don't, don't take rejection well. No, they don't. Um, no, that's a day, certainly. You're going to get more no's than yes, for sure, especially when you're fundraising. Um, and with me wearing wear multiple hats, it's, it's, it's easy to get out of that fundraising hat mm -hmm. um, and, and fall back into when you finally go back out to do the fundraising, getting over those hurdles again. Um, it's almost like an adrenaline rush for me. It's, it's like once you get into it, then it's like, all right, cool, now I'm back in, let's get going, boom. But then when you get out of it for, you know, even a week or two, you know, it's like you got to shoot yourself with adrenaline somehow again to get going back at it. Mm -hmm. So the social skills um, are always continuing to develop, but um, it, it, it's always a hurdle for me to, to, to get back in it and keep going. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, adrenaline junkie, right? And especially, yeah. <laughs> like, um, uh, as a sports player, I'm by far the opposite end of that spectrum there. So, <laughs> but uh, the adrenaline of just knowing that you, one, you have a purpose and a reason that you're doing this. 
and and two just being able to know what the end result's going to be once you get through all those no's right and mm-hmm. that is it's a game like i'm i'm a big game player i like to play games i like puzzles and so to me it's this is okay challenge accepted now what <laughs> you know yeah. now what can we do um so i think that's an amazing amazing story you have because there are so many aspects of your transition from being a player to a, a business owner. And in addition, it's helping kids. So just that alone is, I just, I applaud you for that because it's a hell of a journey. Um, well, I appreciate that. It's definitely, definitely been a great journey for sure. Yeah. You learn a lot about yourself as a business owner. You know, it's, it's just uh, one of the same really much, but so I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It does show a lot of character and, and resilience that you have. And I believe there's so many people that can benefit from just listening to from, you know, this is where I was. So this is where I wanted to be. And now I'm here. And just knowing that I've, I've arrived, right. And mm-hmm. getting them, getting them on board. But, um, yeah, and I know um, one thing that just popped in my mind that we had uh, spoken about prior um, challenges, why, especially as a business owner, finding the right people. Um, that's a huge challenge is entrusting people to uh, take your vision and, and build upon it in the way that you want it to. Um, outside of, you know, dealing with, with kids, you know, a, it's it's how you live how you survive but in trusting people that they're going to follow the model that you put in place they're also going to put their full trust in you knowing that you're going to lead them in a direction that will provide them with whatever they're looking for um to fulfill their life you know and then dealing with kids you got to find the right people who you feel comfortable enough to guide kids in the right direction mm-hmm. um but just not even just in person by how they act how, what they wear what their social media is like because kids are aware these days yeah um so finding the right people is definitely a, another um obstacle and hurdle that that we continually go through with our programming yeah it's um and it's interesting because like your vision isn't their responsibility so when you hire people to take on your vision and execute on your vision you have to follow up with them <laughs> you have to you like you said make sure you know the character their personality their attributes you know how they handle and deal and talk with the kids um and just make sure they're like there are overall good people right and like you said social media everything's on social media and my nine-year-old can find anything in like less than 10 seconds it's an unbelievable but yep. um, you know and like you, you have to do they're like the the background search and just research on other people but you have to trust them to do their job and they trust you to lead them like you said which is an amazing um contract right it's like an amazing contract you have with one another a social contract yeah and then tying this social and and self-awareness um I made mistakes because of uh, not uh, not seeing the social cues um, within people. 
So it's definitely a um, one, in my opinion, you know, selecting the right people is the ultimate. Whether you're going to fail or you're going to succeed, um, and then having the that social awareness to be able to identify those individuals based on the the seen and unseen cues that they're giving you um, when you converse with them and 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 interact with them. So the, yeah, definitely was, that's been a challenge from the beginning because I've been so eager to to grow and impact that. Sometimes you get blinded and, and when you're not aware of socially of what of who this person is. So thankfully it hasn't killed us, uh, but definitely, you know, as a business, so there's something to be aware of for sure. Yeah, definitely agree. So um, can you tell us, wrapping this up in, in just a few, but can you tell us how you define assess or what that looks like for you? Man, this, I've been, this is such a challenging question for me trying to sum it up. Um, how I would define success. Um, I would, man, try not to be cliche with it. The first thing that popped in my head, <laughs> I would define success as evolving into the person that you've dreamed of becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be success to me because it's easy to it's so easy to fail and, and get off track. Um, so just becoming the vision, becoming the person that you've envisioned yourself to become, I would con- consider that success. Um, obviously, that has nothing to do with business, but uh, I think if you can do that, then your business will be a success. Uh, so I would I, at this point. In my life, I think, you know, becoming the person that you've envisioned you wanted to become would be a success. Thank you for that. And it still ties back to that journey of being a business owner, right? Because, like I've said probably multiple times throughout this episode, you still learn a lot about yourself as being a business owner. But if you for to envision yourself as the person that you want to be and achieving that, that's success, whether it's owning a business, running a business, or not even has anything to do with business, but just being the person that you want to be, it does help in so many different areas of your life. Um, yes. We're not one dimensional creatures. So it, everything ties into another and it, it just works that way. <laughs> like I, yeah, it does. It just works and that way. Um, to tie it into the business world and, and, you know, obviously this is a big, you know, part of your show, I would, I would say success is succeeding at failing continuously. Because mm. when you fail, you learn. I'm not saying that you need, obviously, you're not going to fail. Your business failing is a success, but succeeding at continuously failing, because that means you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and, and you're exploring new ways, new ideas, new opportunities, and you're growing. So that's an, another way I would define it in, in terms of the business world love it and last question um what kind of advice do you have for those just getting started um so i'm going to take it two routes one would be the nonprofit route um my biggest advice would be make sure you surround yourself and build a good team, whether it be a board members or advisors, 
But find three to five committed people um, before you really try to build, um, before you really try to go out there and make a splash. Um, uh, just for so many reasons, so many reasons, and, and make sure they got some experience in the nonprofit world. Um, in the general, you know, for-profit business world, um, for those that are trying to be entrepreneurs or business owners, uh, my biggest advice would be have the mindset that it's a journey because journeys take a long time. Um, instant gratification and feedback and result or results and, and it isn't what you're looking for. Um, if you go out there trying to get immediate, results um and whatever you would define success as for your business you're setting yourself up to fail um because all good businesses take time to develop and grow uh, they have to take their their lumps and punches and setbacks early on um so if you're thinking it's going to be you know you're going to hit the ground running and things are going to be going and smooth and you're going to just reach that success pinnacle you know in three years then you, know, you may want to reconsider because it's certainly going to take time for that business to grow and it may be hard for you to overcome those setbacks if you really think it's going to be quick all right well you heard it here thank you so much for that andy um all right well that wraps up another episode of Building Better Businesses, Mindset Marketing, and Business Building Strategies. If you'd like to connect with me or Andy, please visit jsrvision.com.